so glad you've joined us on the ERLC podcast to explore how the Bible addresses important cultural issues pertaining to life, religious liberty, marriage and family, and human dignity, and how we can walk in wisdom for God's glory and for the flourishing of our neighbors. If you're enjoying this podcast and find it helpful, please leave a review wherever you listen. This will help more people find and benefit from what we're learning together. We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. The practice of sound doctrine is different for how God has gifted women to serve Him in the local church. And we need women examples who exemplify that through their behavior, but also show us that in Scripture. Hi, I'm Trillia Newbell, and I'm excited to announce our series, Better Together. The series captures our desire to partner together as men and women in the church and beyond to advance the kingdom with mutual support and care. Better Together will address a wide range of topics from sexual abuse, leadership, women in work, women's ministry, and so much more. Our goal is to inform and equip listeners on matters most important to women in the areas of church, home, and work. Today, we are talking to Lily Park. She is the Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at Southern Seminary. Thank you for joining us, Lily. Thank you for having me. Well, we are going to talk about training, and we are going to think through training and equipping women specifically. But before we dive into that, what does that mean to you? In other words, Mm -hmm. for some, training and equipping might look like applying Titus 2. Older women training younger, where others might say, well, this means we're focusing on seminary. Of course, we do want to talk about seminary education because we are speaking with you. But what does it look like when we're thinking through training and equipping women in general? Yeah, so whether we believe that we are training and equipping women, um, in my opinion, I believe we're always training women. The question I think is important to wrestle with is for what? So is it for godliness and God's glory or is it for a specific task? Um, So for instance, I sometimes wonder if churches believe that training and equipping women equates to uh, being a good wife or being a good mom, which are important and biblical, but it's so much more than that um, Mm. for all women. And when I go back to the Bible, our our authoritative source in living out life as a Christian, uh, it talks so much about women who do good deeds, who, who train, disciple younger women, who practice hospitality, who make a difference in society as an expression of our faith in God. For mm-hmm. instance, like Proverbs thirty-one thirty, like charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And really that whole chapter on Proverbs 31, I sometimes think we don't do adequate justice to that 
chapter because we focus so much on the do's and do nots, mm-hmm. but really is an expression of whole proverbs of um, what does it mean to fear God and how does that look like in our lives as men and women. And then another one I think as Titus 2 we use often, and mm-hmm. I think that's what you were referring to, Trillia, about older women training younger women. But in verse 1, before we get to the whole older men and younger men and older women and younger women, we have verse 1. It says, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. And so all these all the training and equipment, equipping of women, it really goes back to um, as an extension or a practice of sound doctrine. So we need to know sound doctrine is what I'm getting at no, here. that's excellent. Well, no, that's excellent. And I think you're right that so much of our focus, and I'm going to go specifically to the local church, can be about our... Um, actions, what we do. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to use the word roles and how we live those out. And we forget sometimes, I believe, what you're saying, that that we are to equip through sound doctrine. So what does that look like and how do you think that the local church can improve this and and change? Because I I do think you've struck a nerve and Mm -hmm. um, and you're right. Well, (laughs) I think what's helpful and encouraging to know is that how one church does this will be different from another church. And that's okay because as Julia, we had that women's event a couple of weeks ago and some of us attend a large church. Some of us are at a small church of less than 100. And sometimes I meet uh, women who think that they have to have the same kind of programs that the church down the road with maybe thousands of people attend there have, and that's not realistic, nor is it necessarily God's will for that church. So I think what's helpful is thinking about contextualizing what you want to do in training women with the resources you have and being creative in the local church. Um, But as with anything else in life, if the leadership are not on board, like the pastor, the senior pastor, and the rest of the elders, it, it is really difficult. And doing this in the local church, I believe that it can be tremendous if the leaders would even have a night to talk to the women, listen to their desires, um, some misunderstandings they might have, and even fear that they might have in expressing their questions, but maybe they need permission. So I think that's really helpful in starting out. In fact, our church did that a couple of weeks ago, and I've heard a lot of good feedback from the women in our church. Flesh that out a little bit. So they had a meeting, and women were able to just speak to the pastors. And mm-hmm. were was this church-wide, or were there um, a select few women who— have a relationship with the pastors, they're or trusted leaders, maybe even. Mm-hmm. Um, so flesh this out so so that maybe a a pastor listening could get a vision for this. Sure. Well, I attend a church, and the pastors are very um, knowledgeable in theology. They do expository preaching, and so you get the idea of the church I'm a part of. And um, my understanding is that because I recently joined a couple of months ago is that they've been hearing um, different comments in the past months 
maybe even years from women. And some of them have more training in ministry or theology, but don't really know how to use that in our local church. So our senior pastor sent an email and it was an invitation to all women who are interested in having this conversation. It was on a Tuesday night and some of the elders were there as well. And basically it was a Q and A time um, for women to ask questions and then the pastor and the elders to share a vision for women's ministry or not just women's ministry, but beyond that of how they can involve more women on a Sunday morning. So, Okay, so it was was a little beyond just training and equipping. It was more, how do we utilize the women and their gifts? Yes, it was, I'd say it was a starting discussion. So there's more to come probably. But it was encouraging to women because there's this sense of this, this strong desire to serve in greater capacities, but not knowing what they're able to do or what they're allowed to do. And so having that conversation, my understanding is that it was very encouraging to the women just to know that the elders and the pastor are supportive and they're willing to have this conversation because sometimes not all pastors are willing to have this conversation. And and I, I think it would be helpful for them to know that even if you don't have a five-year plan, a, strat- a strategic plan, that's okay. Just letting women know that I'm willing to listen to questions and concerns you have is powerful and encouraging. No, that makes sense. That's great. So back to training and equipping, something that you mentioned about your own church, and this is, we're, we're going a slightly off topic here, but <laughs> not really. You said that there's expository preaching, there's teaching, and so Sunday morning. Okay, some people might listen to that and say, well, then they're getting sound doctrine and they're they're getting this training and equipping. So why take it further? What why beyond Sunday morning? Hmm. Well, so because this goes back to a bit of complementarianism too, but uh so we're all equal right. before God as men and women. And I know you know and agree that with that, but how we express that, how we how that looks in our roles or functions, responsibilities will look different in the church. For instance, Titus 2, we don't see um, it saying, well, teach the older men to teach women to love their husbands and children. Not that they can't, but the practice of sound doctrine is different for how God has allowed women or gifted women to serve him in the local church. And we need women examples who exemplify that through their behavior, but also show us that in scripture. So it's not just her opinion or her preference or what the culture is saying, like you're a woman and you're smarter than that. And, but just really showing it's not just a cultural issue, but this is timeless. It's biblical. No, that's excellent. So in other words, we need women equipped so that they can teach, <laughs> so that we, they can obey those commands that are so often used in, in a way that could actually hinder 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's helpful. So I want to go and look beyond the local church. What does training and equipping look like? Um, and, and I want to put some feet on this. So someone listening, they understand now, okay, we need sound doctrine. We're talking about doctrine. That's what training and equipping looks like. So what, how do you put feet to that? Where do we go? I think we are very blessed in the time we live in right now with technology. So whether you're in a in a small church in the country or overseas where there's not a sound church near you, we have so much access through the internet. Um, so I don't believe that a Bible college or a seminary is the only way or even the best way. I, I often tell women that it really depends on what's your ultimate goal, what has God put in your heart, the passion, um, and is this degree purposeful in accomplishing that? So I often talk about being purposeful in pursuing something that involves more financially and time with a seminary degree. So outside of a seminary, we have books and podcasts and women's conferences and general Christian conferences. I think there's so much to learn through them, but it does require discernment, um, knowing whether we can trust or whether that person is teaching sound doctrine through their teaching. Sure. Okay, so you're saying— if you cannot go to seminary or a, to a university or get an advanced degree, there are training online and there's training programs. There's There are lots. There's Simeon Trust, which I have done and I really enjoyed. And TGC, the Gospel Coalition, has mm-hmm. a women's network now as well. There's, I know Lifeway does training for women in leadership. So there are lots of options out there. It's kind of about doing research and looking to see what it is that you're wanting to be trained in and, and doing. And, and we cannot, and we should not, we need to, I'll, I'll put it that way, remind people that they also have God's Word, and everyone can read God's Word. And if you go to His Word, um, you will learn. You will learn sound doctrine. And so I encourage people to dive into the Scriptures and read His Word. So the series is called Better Together. How might men and women partner together for training and equipment? So real quick, Trillia, can I uh, follow up on your last point. That was a really good point that yes. I wanted to talk about today too, is that absolutely with the blessings that we have, the abundance of resources out there, we have to be careful that it doesn't replace God's word um, in shaping our soul in teaching us um, his word, his doctrine. And really his word is the only infallible truth inerrant truth. And so at the end of the day, when I, someday when I'm meeting God, um, I, I'm held accountable to God for what I believe and what I teach. And there's a great sense of responsibility um, and motivation to search His Word and wrestle with it. And, and I, I think women need to know there is no shortcut to knowing his word like there's so many good books and podcasts and like this one that i'm great it's i'm glad it's starting um and blog posts but 
we're ultimately held accountable to know why we believe what we do. And that that just takes hard work and lots of prayer, but also checking what we understand Scripture to be saying to other good Bible resources and commentaries and books and so forth. So thanks for mentioning that. So we can approach God's Word, I think, with freedom, knowing that that we are not going to— we're going to probably get something wrong, but dive mm-hmm. in there. Don't be afraid to learn and to search and to ask questions, and and we will be learning for eternity. And so that's what I mean by eternity. For eternity, we we will be learning and and enjoying our our God, which is awesome to me. Okay, so I imagine there are people who have been discouraged in this area. Maybe they are. Um, discouraged because they see a lack of training or they didn't realize how much how many resources were out actually out there or they feel like they aren't supported or or maybe they're discouraged as a pastor because they they want to help but they are fearful or f- have a sense of um unknowing and it just don't know what to do so whatever it is we want to to always end with some a gospel hope. So would you encourage the listener who has been wrestling with this, maybe maybe is discouraged with gospel hope? Yes. Well, when I think about discouragement, I think often, at least in my own life, um, discouragement happens when my desires don't necessarily align with God's desires, or I'm being impatient, too. So discouragement can happen for various reasons. So I, and even with my students, I'll talk about this, is taking time to think about why am I discouraged? And maybe it helps to just write on a piece of paper, making a list. Is it because this is not happening? And I know this would be honoring to God, but it's not happening now. Or or um, someone treated me this way and wasn't taking me seriously. So taking time to think about my motivations and really understanding what am I so discouraged about? And then asking God, praying to God about my desires and asking Him to even search my heart and purify it for any desires that may not be His honoring to Him, being honest with Him. Um, I think sometimes we can get discouraged when we put our worth in our function such as what we do or produce, or we compare ourselves to other women, and that can be discouraging. So um, praying about our desires, I think, is a good start. And then I usually end with something like, your will be done. And that's been so helpful for me, remembering that God is God, and He knows all things. And if it's His will for this or that to happen, it will happen. And I can rest in that, and I can wait patiently. Helps me also to not worry about it or try to be in control. There's that sense of peace. So I I just want to encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ that we we have to just put our trust in God ultimately. And I love Proverbs 21.1. It says, The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. It's, it's so comforting to me to know that God is the one who is in control. Yeah. 
by God's righteousness and grace, He's given you grace upon grace upon grace to walk out this ministry in faith. Well, thank you so much for your help and for, um, yeah, just giving us a biblical perspective to go to sound doctrine and that that's what we're talking about when we're thinking about leadership and training. Thank you, Lily. Thank you, Trillia. You have been listening to the ERLC podcast, and I'm Trillia Newbell. 